Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts coming to you remotely from Sweden. My name is Kirk and my co-host and buddy... Graham K. Hello everybody. Um, in the background, uh, you can hear... <laughs> right on cue. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Kirk is in Sweden hanging out with JJ. We got JJ in the background watching Veggie Tales. This is a big show, guys. Um, I'm in New York. We also have uh, a guest. We haven't had a guest in a while. Um, I was approached by a professor, a university professor, uh, who is doing a study on the effects of siblings, um, the effects uh, on siblings who are neurotypical, who grow up with a uh, disabled sibling. Um, and uh, yes, anyway, so her name is Pamela Block. I believe she's a doctor. Um, I'm, you know, why I'm stalling. And remind me, she has a she has a sibling with autism, or what's her connection again? Remind me. I believe so. I believe she does, Got and it. she did a study on it, and she just found out that her um, her her adult young adult child is diagnosed uh, with, I assume, high functioning. Um, but yeah, I would like to ask, we're going to ask her all sorts of questions. Um, she's a professor at uh, University of Western Uni University um, in the Anthropology and Social Science Department. Uh, that is a, Western University is a big uh, university in uh, Canada, and we're excited, we're excited to have her on. It's very exciting. I'm going to step in another room. He's been quiet all afternoon, and yep. I take a phone call. Because he knows call, you're on the phone. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to step right outside the little, see if that's quieter. I'm right outside. But you um, did, you can you still did hear ask, him, but it's uh, hopefully less loud. <laughs> yeah. You did ask him earlier to put, put his earphones in, and he did do it, which is nice. Yes. But I think he now did that it, and then he took them out, and then I gave him, I gave him the stern headphones, please. And so, baby steps, baby steps. What he's doing right now, for the, if you can't hear him, is he's imitating uh, the sounds of different videos, and so he mimics the voice and parrots it back. And that's what you're that's what you're hearing. If you're wondering what is he saying exactly, hmm. how how was uh, speaking of week in review? How was your how was your week? How have you been? How's uh, how's good old Pete? Pete is good. Um... I talked to him this morning. We did our classic Bert and Ernie right out of the gate. Um, what nice. I, I yeah. So uh, no no real um, no real switch no real change. We had a brief discussion about coming up to coming down to see me here, and he and I was like, "Are you gonna come see me in New York?" And he said, "Yeah, in July or August." And I said, "Okay, how are you gonna get here though?" He said, "I could take a train or uh, or fly." I said, have you ever, but how, how are you going to fly alone? Have you ever flown alone before? He said, yeah, it's been a long time. I was like, you have? When did you do it? He said, when he was 19 years old, he, my parents wanted to stay longer in Florida, and they flew him home. You know, they have a program for, like, unaccompanied minors, and I wonder if it applies for people that need a little extra assistance. I wonder, if, you know, especially if it's a direct flight. I mean, it makes sense There to is me. no direct flight, I don't think, anymore uh, since COVID. And that's so unusual. From the largest city in America to the capital of Canada, there's no direct flight. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there, there is. I'm taking one, actually, now that I think about it. 
Oh, you are? Yeah. Uh, okay. It is on Porter Airlines. The options were Porter Airlines and United Airlines, which is technically going to be in Air Canada, but you're, it's out of Newark. Which Yeah, you're going to, to Toronto about, uh, first, buddy. New York is... No, I'm going to Ottawa. Uh-uh. No. Okay, well, we'll find out soon. You will. I'll send I'll send you my itinerary. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um uh, I am in Sweden, like we talked about. Today we had a a very eventful um uh day went to IKEA, which is his uh his favorite. The hits. The hits. They just keep coming. Then um what else did we do? We were trying to find him some new underwears. This is a, is a very glamorous day. Some new underwear, some uh, the breathable underwear. He's a he's a, he's a big sweaty man, kind of like his dad. So we did that. And um, what else did we do today? We had a little uh, a little. We we do like our little walking is um, through an IKEA, the upstairs, then the downstairs. Then we went to the stores. Then we did the downtown area. We had an eventful day. It was uh, it was good. I'm only out here four days. I did a cruise and it was a European cruise and then I got off the um, ship in Stockholm and took the train up to see him. So it's been uh, one of the few times something worked out that was uh, That's smooth so That's far. Super yeah. smooth, man. You got paid to go visit your son for once instead of taking out thirteen yeah. credit cards and using the miles. Oh. Yeah. Well, this this trip that I'm going to screenshot and send to you that I'm going to Ottawa was through Miles. You laugh, but that's how I booked it. I want to see this <laughs> screenshot. Send me this screenshot. <laughs> Excuse me. I got a cold, and um, I'm fi- I've got a summer cold, which is always fun. But, um, yeah, just a screenshot. Newark to Ottawa, one hour and 44 minutes. There's no way that is a connection. But, anyway, I digress. Um, hmm. Clothes are always a, a challenge for him. And, They're back. Uh, That's so good news for Pete. Maybe get Peter on a uh, porter to New York. That means I have to go yeah. to New Jersey to pick him up. Forget it's it. A, yeah, th- if you're from New York, you know that's a trek. That's a that's kind of a yeah. It's in theory, it's only like what ten miles, but it's yeah. it's a good hour and a half. Yeah, it's good, longer than the flight. Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably take you longer to go get him than he'll be in the air. Oh, 100 percent. It'll, it'll be a schlep. But I have a car now. Each way. I have a car now. So at least Yeah, you've got to replace it for the, the silver bullet. You've got the green machine. Yeah. I got the green machine. Um Yep. Butter I uh, found out that three of the four tires were rotted, so I had to get a whole new set the other day. <laughs> yep. It starts, my friend. Sorry. It starts. Sorry. I just I would like if we were doing a movie right now, we'd do a flashback to a conversation you and I had in a garage. If you want to get something reliable, you shouldn't get this. You should get a Toyota, Kirk. But it's so beautiful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how I pick it's my nice. women too. <laughs> if you want something reliable, this is not the one. This is not the Kirk. one. No thanks. I want to live, baby. She's so beautiful. Yeah. No, you need somebody sturdy who can last through a winter. No. No, I want someone beautiful. A crazy frail um, lady. Tomorrow we've <laughs> tomorrow on the agenda we've got we're going to the hydro baths, it's called. It's a semi water park that we go to. Um some of this stuff I feel like is more for me than him. I have to make him go do it. But I he'll just you know, he's on his videos right now, happy as a clam, trying to steal all my food. And mm-hmm. uh so he he eats in his center, obviously. It's you know, the meals they prepare for him. 
but obviously I don't, you know, I'm, I'm staying with him, but they're not budgeted to feed the dads of the, of the autistic people. No. So I get my own food. The problem is if I put it in the, his fridge, he steals it. So now I'm trying to figure out things that I will eat <laughs> that he won't eat. And so it's like, at first I would get like hard bread because he didn't really like hard bread. Well, the last two times he's eaten a lot of bread. I'd get hard bread and cheese and like, you know, some fruit. I thought, oh, apples. He's not going to like eat a bag of apples. He ate a bag of apples. Um, wow. He didn't used to like peanuts. You know, oh, you know, I get like four pounds of salted peanuts. Like it's, it's quote unquote nutrition. It's not, you know, these aren't like, I don't know what to get. So now he's eating the peanuts. So I'm like, geez, Louise. So now I figured out boiled eggs he will not eat. <laughs> you're just, you're just I, eating boiled eggs. Well, I can eat egg salad, right? Boiled eggs with a little bit of yogurt and uh, mustard is how you do it without the mayonnaise. And so, yeah, he'll leave that alone. So I've got boiled eggs and then the other stuff I have to keep in the in the community closet or the community, excuse me, fridge, which... I should post this on my Instagram, but the kitchen uh, is fenced off. There is a fence inside the house with a lock that uh, was built specifically for him. And, uh, <laughs> and so, why can't you put, your, see put your food behind the fence? <laughs> I can, but then I have to go ask for permission to be unlocked. And so I do. I keep most of it there, but it's like you know, I don't. I feel bad. I don't want to interrupt these people. They're actually working. I'm like, I'm hungry. I need a snack, and so I got to go ask them to unlock the kitchen. So, and it's funny to see him with a bowl. He's got a, a giant, like bowl, like a big plastic bowl that, uh, on Fridays they'll they'll do like his uh, his big like Friday treat. It'll be like a mix of like some mixed in candies with some chips and some popcorn. It's like a I don't know, like party it's kind bowl. of a checks mix, kind. yeah, yeah, party bowl, and so he'll grab that party bowl and go stand there like he's begging at the fence. Mind you, this is a man who's about fifty pounds overweight. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying he's not starving to death, but he stands there with this look on his face, like just, just a little taste, please, sir. Like he's a Dickens character. Oh, it's the cutest thing ever. That's pretty cute. <laughs> he must be really happy when he gets it, though. Yep. Yep, he's he's counting down the days to Friday. Believe me. How's he doing? And Is he happy? Other, yeah, I think he's doing good. He, you know, his dad's a soft touch, so we went to the store and got all the, all the stuff. So we've gotten all sorts of snacks that we had to hide in the kitchen anyway, because if not, I've done it before. He'll be very good when I'm awake, and then you know I'm jet lagged. So seven thirty or something, I'll fall. I can't help. It. I just fall asleep on the couch. I wake up. Everything's open on the floor. There's. Dark chocolate. I thought, oh, he doesn't like dark chocolate. All the dark chocolate was gone. Everything was gone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does he get sick after excuse, eating all excuse that? Excuse me. A bag of apples and dark you'd, chocolate and peanuts? You'd think. No, iron iron stomach. Like you. Iron stomach, yeah. Like father, like son. Well, should we... Um, should we interview this this uh, lovely professor that that, that you met? Yes, this uh, <clears throat> smart doctor, I believe. Very smart. I, doctor. I don't know if she's a doctor. I should. Oh, PhD. Yep, there it is. Oh my goodness, what is happening over there? <laughs> it's not a tight ship over here. <laughs> yeah, clearly, no. it's a sinking ship at this yeah. point. Yeah, but she does exist. It's a, it's uh, a submersible sub, and um, we'll be talking to her in a moment. So we are 
into the interview portion of this episode. Uh, we are on Zoom. I, I can see Kirk in Sweden. It's a lovely evening, sunny. Hair's looking great. Sun's Kirk, not going to go down tonight. Yeah, it's seven o'clock. You can see the sun's bright as ever. Oh, really? Let's do this. Let's keep it going. Let's do a five-hour <laughs> podcast. Um, and now uh, we have uh, our wonderful guest, patiently waiting, um, Dr. Pamela Block from is it, it? It's the it's Western University or University of Western Ontario. I always mix that up. Either one, but yeah, they 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 trained me to say Western University. Yeah, great. Well, Western University is uh, more prestigious than University of Western Ontario, so. Uh, Happy to have you. Or it's better marketing. Yeah, I don't know. It's the same one. But anyway, thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, for, for being on, on the pod with us. Uh, you're a professor there in the Department of Anthropology and Social Sciences. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a disability anthropologist um, okay. and a disability studies uh, scholar. Okay. And and we, we met because you... you we you we you contacted me and interviewed my myself and my brother about the relationships between siblings. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And um and what was the like the the point of that of that research? What were you hoping to achieve and what were you looking for? Well, we're really interested in um, learning more about um, the experiences of siblings in Canada, um, and in particular, siblings that are like older, whose yeah. parents may not be in the picture anymore, or may mm -hmm. be becoming less in the picture. Mm -hmm. um, my, I'm personally, um, both of my parents are have passed away, so um, you know, I'm, right. I'm one of me and my other sister are the um main uh supports or you know family supports for um for our sister hope and, and your um, sister hope is non-verbal yeah she's non-speaking um mm -hmm. and uh we uh, and we live in different countries right i'm in canada and she's uh she lives in the northeastern u.s mm -hmm. and um and our other sister um, karen lives in california so we're all pretty dispersed so right. we'll still try to um you know remain connected and yeah. um has these like really great um supports through um she has great place where she lives mm. but um when my mom was still alive she was really really amazing advocate and mm -hmm. um you know knew the service system um mm -hmm. in, uh, really well and um, and they knew her, she was, you know, she was an activist and in their later years, uh, my sister and her were activists together. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mom kind of is one of the parents that kind of popped the rails and, and more identifies with autistic activists mm -hmm. and they sort of schooled me to, to do that as well. And, um, and that's really influenced my research approach, by the way, and the kinds of questions that I ask. So is, um, is 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 it, it does it worry you um like i'm I, here's here's my question so my parents are 75 um and yes i live in i live in canada so there's different support systems but i'm your parents have passed like what you decided to do this research because you were you were you were concerned about like or curious about what the effects would be 
on older siblings taking care of their younger younger siblings when they're parents. Yeah, passed, I can't right? say it was my idea. I was kind of like sibling people from Siblings Canada. We all kind of connected, and it just kind of happened. You know, yeah, like yeah. we, we sure. all are that same okay. age. We all of our parents are like we really kind of shared that. What's Siblings Canada? To know more, but they really kind of came to me with this idea. We want to know what the state of affairs is here right. in Canada and what right. needs to improve. Uh -huh. So, and I really, I heard that, you know, even though my sister is in the U.S. and not in Canada, I mean, I, I'm very lucky and she's very lucky that she has re these really great supports down there. Um, I don't think every, at least so far from what I've seen from the interviews we've done so far, you know, most people do not have um, anything comparable. Yeah. So um, two questions. One, what is Siblings Canada? And um, what are some... What are some major differences between Canada and the U.S. in terms of support systems that you have found? Oh, I was going to ask you that, actually, because <laughs> I don't know the, the can Canadian system that well yet. But, uh, but to answer your first question, so Siblings Canada is a nonprofit organization that's supported by the Center for Caregiving Excellence and the Azrieli Foundation. Um, they uh, are there as a network to, you know, do, do, you know, to support siblings, provide resources, mentorship, um, you know, information and referral, um, a shoulder to cry on, you know, I mean, <laughs> somebody to share your struggles. Yeah. And your uh, joys. Siblings, but they're siblings of people with disabilities. Oh, yeah. Yes. I okay. took that as given, given the nature of the podcast, but uh, yes. Kirk had a question. Sorry to jump in. I was just asking you, yeah, what, what is your research about? I wanted to, yeah, <laughs> tell us about that. What are you trying to research? The For the siblings project, pretty much what I, um, yes. as I was saying, the um, we're, we're really looking at care relationships between siblings, the different ways okay. that, you know, so like there's this very sort of traditional way of looking at like there are caregivers and care recipients, and we're trying to kind of explode that binary um, the, the, you know, this idea that, um, that somebody is always dependent and somebody is always responsible. And, and, and we found it's a lot more dy dynamic and complicated and care often flows in different ways and different sorts of care in both directions. And we're not saying that so there are some relationships that are complicated. There are some that involve conflict and things like that, but um, how does the care, how does the care reverse itself if somebody needs constant uh, is nonverbal and needs constant assistance. How does it, what do you mean by it? Yeah. Well, I mean, expound on that a little people bit. aren't necessarily giving each other the same things, but usually it's a relationship where, you know, like, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you are enjoying each other's company where you're looking out for each other. You know, like my, my, my sister will poke fun at me, you know, like she has ways of just laughing at me when I'm like running around like a chicken with its head, you know, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I, I get very anxious. I get very high strung, you know, she just gets a certain look on her face and a laugh. Um, so the kinds of things that people we've interviewed have said, it, you know, are that, you know, people are looking out for them emotionally. They're uh, making sure that they, um, are eating, they're making, you know, they'll make special foods that they know their sibling likes, or, you know, just do it, making little gestures to, you know, but there are other, other more tangible ways that people can take care of each other as well. But, um, 
just the idea that, you know, we are, and also, you know, over time, as relationships change, the dynamics of caregiving change too. I mean, mm -hmm. to step back and think about um, a, a younger child living with adult parents, you know, even if they have an intellectual disability or autism, like as the parents age and into disability themselves, you know, the, the child will sometimes step into a, like what you're, what you were referring to, like a more of a caregiving role, right? Making sure yeah. that they're steady on their feet or, you know, those kind of picking them up off the floor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that starting to happen a bit with my brother. Um, like he is taking a little more care with my parents in terms of like coming over to lift stuff and all that, which I'm really thankful that he's there uh, because I can't be there to do that. But when, but when they get older in the, the next phase, when they become truly, you know, uh, really old and need a lot of help, um, I am terrified because I am going to have to move back home and take care of my parents. My brother can't do it. And then I'm going to have to take care of the things that he needs taken care of. And that's going to happen really, really soon. And in terms of like the difference between Canada and America, I don't like Canada has more help than America, but still not a lot. You know, they, he's part of a government assisted program called Live, Work, Play, where he, you know, he they help. It's, at this stage of his life, it's mainly like um, um, a social thing. And then they do they do have people that come and uh, well, they help them get a job. They have someone come once a week to clean, help clean his house and go grocery shopping. They set him up with a, uh, a therapist and it's all free. My parents do donate money because they're, they have a little more means than everybody, they, you know, but they, they're mainly a government, you know, they survive off donations and government funding. Um, and I, and it's not a, na a national service. So I don't know what people do in Saskatoon or whatever. I have no idea. I imagine that there's other services like that, seeing as though that they were able, they were able to get government funding. Um, I don't think there's anything like that, uh, in America. I'm sure there are fun. There are some that are funded by churches or whatever, but not government and not regulated. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, 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 uh, I, my, my brother does get um, some money from the government each month. Um, it's not a lot because, again, my parents are poor. Um, but, it, you know, it, 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 he, he doesn't have, he, he does not get enough money to support himself. I'm going to have to do it. And I, like, I, for me, it's like, um, yeah, I do get, I get a lot for my brother. I have, I have like, um a a one man show where the end was the 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 what ties it all together is like he is, I might not have any kids but I have I have that love I get that reciprocated love from someone and I'll have that for the rest of my life but it also means I'm going to have a giant 8 year old to take care of my entire life and that's like I honestly find it very daunting and scary yeah, I mean, we definitely have seen a lot of that that feeling, especially in Canada. I, I do feel like it, it's not universal in the U.S., right? Like services really vary. Um, I think 
Um, my mom did a really good job setting my sister's supports up in advance. And my mom, my mom actually moved across the country even before she passed away. She was not living in the same state as my sister. But the one thing that my mom didn't do was um, uh, ensure that she had her own, that she owned her own place. Like if Hope had had her own house, yeah, she would have a lot more. She's had a lot of housing insecurity. She's had to move around a lot. And That's, my parents have done that. Systems, I, yeah. You know, the, 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 they, they live, they seem like they live in constant austerity and then sometimes they might get a little better and then it uh -huh. gets, you know, there's no stability and, and they don't take care of the workforce. So, you know, you don't have like where it used to be a career that people could support disabled people and that would be their career and they would have benefits and they would have retirement that seems mm -hmm. to be less and less true. Like the, you know, um, as agencies have less money, they're, they're, they're cutting back on the number of full-time positions that would give those kinds of benefits. And so people who used to be able to just have one job now have multiple jobs. And, and where did they get the they funding the from? Burn out. Where did they get the funding from before? Who was cutting back the money? Is it the American government? Um, so there's federal funding and state funding, right? Like yeah. through um, Medicaid, um, I think a lot of uh, the support systems and there's like the, the, the developmental um, uh, there, there's uh, sorry, now I'm afraid, I'm afraid I'm going to get the legislation and stuff wrong, but there are legislative mandates to support um, people who have developmental disability. The term developmental disabilities is an invented term. It's a, it's a policy term, right. That, that mm -hmm. identifies a specific group of diagnoses, people with diagnoses, and my sense in Canada is that, well, it's the family's responsibility, you know, and for people with complex medical conditions, for people, uh, you know, like there are children, I, I, this was a group that I was studying before I left the US um, and moved to Canada. I've been in Canada for about four years now, but um, the people with complex medical conditions who require 24 hour skilled nursing, and um, and complex technologies to survive, such as mechanical ventilation. Mm -hmm. um, in the US, at least it's very state by state, but in New York where I used to live, you could get skilled nursing 24 seven. Um, so, you know, to support the person that needed that level of care. Mm -hmm. And especially at, when they're children. Oh, okay. Um, and in Canada, you can get eight hours, at least in Ontario, you get eight hours and you're supposed to sleep during those eight hours and the family right. is supposed to take care of the rest. I mean, that's a huge ah. difference in terms of, you mm -hmm. know, like people, siblings are expected to maybe not even work anymore, you know. What have you found? What are, what, what are some of the, do you have any results like of the research you've done that you can share with us or is that um, coming? Well, we we are still at the very beginning stages, but we have some themes that are starting to come out. Um, interpersonal communication, like I'm really interested in the how siblings communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know how, like even just in, while we're interviewing them, how they, um, uh, you know, the different ways they use words, they use looks, significant glances, checking in with each other, um, arms around each other, touching each mm -hmm. other's you know, stroking or, um, or, you know, just kind of letting the, um, the one of the siblings might, you know, be restless and just kind of get up and sit down and, you know, just kind of move through the space comfortably. And it's just really mm -hmm. nice to be able to observe that. 
Um, and we're interested in how people build meaningful daily lives for each other, you know, mm -hmm. how, like that with that goal of sort of expanding options and and building more uh, independence for both, like so that both people can have like their own lives, you know, and they're, they're mm -hmm. not just sort of forcefully entangled, you know, and negotiating those um, that personal assistance work. Right. Which I, I, I want to separate that out from care. I spend so much time on, you know, Kirk's doing Kirk's Kirk's done that. That's why he's in Sweden. He found the best results were in Sweden for him. And he's even then they now that that's a state where people can still make a living wage being a caretaker. Um, and, yeah. but he still has to negotiate constantly. Yeah. Still has to always stay on top of them. Well, that's one of the things we found is that like, as good as things are, they and could always be better. Pitfalls, yeah. You know, even if they're very good, like it could always be better. Right. And you have to, yeah decide when you know you have to pick your battles too <laughs> totally totally, totally. i'm being told that a lot I, I that i need to pick my battles a little more carefully where can people find your research what, what are the plans for publishing it and where can they find it and when uh, well, sure we're going to start making presentations i think that we'll, we'll be talking a little bit at the um caregiving summit that the center for caregiving excellence is um mounting right. in ottawa in november um, we haven't started writing for publication yet because, like I said, we're still in the early okay. days of this study, but we will be doing that. We'll be if doing webinars. If people are interested in, in being we're... interviewed for your project, is that something that you'd be interested in hearing oh, from absolutely. them? Oh, absolutely. If you're in Canada and you and your sibling or just you yourself would like to talk with us, um, absolutely. Um, Where can they reach you at? Uh, they can reach me at pblock at uwo.ca. And... Um, you know, like I was saying, as 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 even if you know people are happy with their situations, um, you know, there's always something that could be better. You know, totally. So, um, uh, you know, there there and housing. Oh, housing was also another issue. Um, I think in Canada, especially, it seems like there are fewer options. The expectation is the fa family is going to provide more support. Interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there could be a plethora of problems involved in that, right? Housing insecurity or um, uh, having like appropriate housing um, or, or remaining in the housing that you value when somebody's trying to push you into a different kind yeah. of a living situation that you don't want. Um, being isolated, especially during COVID that, that came out and, um, or if siblings are suddenly living together and that's a new thing, you know, lack of privacy, um, can also be an issue and just, you know, the, all the, the, the complexities of having a, a the hits, a, you know, all the classic hits. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate we your really time. really appreciate it, Pamela. Honestly. Yeah. Awesome. And thank you for your work. Thank and you. It's, it's important work. And we do encourage yeah. anybody who's interested in explaining or talking about their situation as it relates to having a sibling with autism and everybody's situation is very different. Graham situation versus mine is very different obviously the levels of severity of the individual uh, with autism varies but yeah i'm sure pamela pamela would love to hear from you and be great to include in that that study thank you for doing important work pamela well graham you know i'm gonna ask you I ask you this every time we do an interview what do you think well i have to ask i have to ask you because yes, i did sir. the interview so it's my That's turn true. to ask you well what'd I you think, think kirk <laughs> I think JJ should plug in his headphones. I've asked him four times. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's always important for people to do research uh, into, into these these different um, 
these different uh, ideas, positions of, of uh, that affect the people in the community. And so communication between uh, autistic siblings or, or siblings where one has autism. I'm not super familiar with the research, but anytime there could be research that's that's uh, expanding the wealth of knowledge for those of us in this community that we did not ask to be part of, I think it's helpful. Yeah. You know, my son is on the severe end, so... You know, her thing about uh, giving back and stuff, it's uh, harder for me. You know, my son's on the, uh, is unlikely to be, um, you know, even saying I love you to me. It's never happened. But, um, but you do get stuff back from him. Something. What is that? What, what stuff am I getting back? Love, uh, affection. You know, he's happy to see you when you wrestle. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, there's affection and, and, um, and I assume love. I mean, he doesn't say it, but, uh, I think he loves me. Yeah. Um, you know, that stuff's harder to process when you don't hear it. And, uh, but you get someone to love though, regardless. Right. Right. That's true. I have someone to love. There you go. So. Did we do it? When you look Graham? back on your life, when you're, yeah. you know. In my old age in two years, yeah. Continue. In your late 90s, <laughs> early 60s, who knows. Um, you know, and you're like, you, you assess your life. You know, one of the things I'm, I worry about as someone lying on my deathbed maybe one day, like, will my life be worthwhile like what you know i know that i i would like to have children and i you know even though you it didn't exactly work out like how you envisioned you had a, a child you love them and you're tr- you tried your best two you're children trying your best yeah you have two you have two yeah but specifically your son like you know that's a huge accomplishment that's that's it's you know you parenting is a huge accomplishment i don't know i feel like the trailer parks are full of parents i don't know if it's that big of an accomplishment but uh (laughs) successful parenting (laughs) trying hard being a good parent not just anyone can i mean have a kid and then stick with it and take care of them and that's what you're doing i'm not saying just creating a kid and leaving it in the trash i'm saying you're taking care of it yeah that's something that that jj has given you that you know i don't know it's true i guess it's true i I'm think just, uh, I, the fact that ahead. you're you, you you you're doing it and doing it well is is great i think it's great i think it's i think it's lovely i think you right now being in sweden is lovely i think it's a beautiful thing mainly cuz it's summer but you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry Jokes, jokes. Uh, well, did we do it, Graham? Another episode? I'm going to have to hold this microphone away from my face so I can cough. Go ahead. What do you got this yeah, week? Yeah, we did it. You know. Hey. Excuse me. At the very least, we are creating a discussion. Uh, anyway, easy for me to say without a, chi- a nonverbal child, I know. Um, we'll well these are I hard th- issues, so I don't, I'm not going to push back. I just... Um, I'm thinking about the mom in the middle of the country who, you know, and as severe as JJ is, and JJ is on the very severe end, 
there's kids even more severe. So, you know, he's ambulatory. You know, he, he can get around. There's, you know, those guys that aren't even moving. You know, they're mm-hmm. stuck in chairs and beds. And and so I just don't want to, yeah, diminish the, 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 the experience of, of those moms and dads. And, uh, yeah, that's all. But um, if you want to have a kid, Graham, I definitely think you could have a kid. Of course I, I could have it. a kid. I'm not a fertility I think, doctor. I just look like one. But still, I think you could do it. <laughs> no, I could do it. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But anyway, um, love you, buddy. And um, if you are in the L.A. area, I got a show coming up. Big show at Dynasty Typewriter at 7.30 p.m. July 3rd, the day before America's Independence Day. That is in Los Angeles at uh, Dynasty Typewriter Theater. It's a big theater. Um, it's a lovely theater. Please come. Um, we got uh, the amazing Steph Tolev is going to open up for me. So uh, it's going to be a great show. Check it out. Oh, that's terrific. Big thanks to um, uh, Professor Pamela Block. Thank you so much for coming. I, I didn't bring this up on the podcast, but my coach in college who played uh, 12 years in the NBA, was an NBA All-Star, was named John Block. I was wondering if there's any relation, but I guess that's too common of a name. I will be in uh, Absolute in Ottawa uh, end of August, and Graham now has my uh, flight details full circle. I texted it to him during the podcast Yep. because I'm petty. There is a direct flight. <laughs> Good news. There's Direct flights are back up. They must be very new. They're, they're back up for, uh, post-COVID flights through the roofs through the demands through the roof come see me i'll be there all week i will be taping a new album i hope uh if i can set it up in time and uh guys you do me a huge favor my instagram and youtube is kirksmith comedy a quick ad share my videos it would really help me i'd appreciate it grandma what's your social media mr graham k across the board find me baby all right have a great week guys you can do it <laughs>